Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli. Today, I'm talking with somebody who's been a friend in my head for the longest time. I've followed her on Instagram, and I'm sure a lot of you have as well. Her name is Alyssa Cotter, and she is a master esthetician out of Utah. She also has a skincare apparel store, and she runs an Instagram class for estheticians. So we're going to dive into that today and talk about the business of Instagram for estheticians and all of Alyssa's expertise. So welcome to the show, Alyssa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking on here with you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. Could you tell us, Alyssa, how did you find aesthetics? Oh my goodness. I feel like I didn't even know what an esthetician was for like ever, probably for like my <laughs> senior year of high school, but I struggled with acne pretty much my whole life. And I think my sister-in-law told me about aesthetics because she used to go get treatments done at an aesthetic school and she's like you should go there like you would love it whatever so she kind of introduced me to it and I just looked into it I'm like I really think this is something that I would like so I graduated high school and I went but it was not something that I had been thinking about for a while it was just kind of a oh yeah that does sound cool I'm gonna do that type of thing yeah yeah okay and so how did it evolve from there? Did you go get a treatment yourself? I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think I ever went to an esthetician before, ever, before I went to esthetician school. Like, I had never received a facial, nothing. I just rolled up to esthetician school day one with the worst sunburn on the planet. And I'm like, (laughs) hey, I'm here. I have no idea what we're going to do, but I'm here. Um, so yeah, I really, I don't think I ever had a treatment done. Not even my brows waxed or tinted, nothing. I knew nothing going into school. Um, but I just learned it all there and fell in love with it. Wow. Okay. And I know you've had a little bit of a skin journey yourself. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So, um, I want to say like maybe since I was like 12, I have struggled with acne and I feel like no one else in my family struggled with acne. And when you have acne, you kind of feel like you're like the only one with acne because you notice it on yourself more than anyone. So it was like such as like young teenager, like the biggest like self-confidence killer. Um, And I remember like proactive and getting on pills that would last, you know, that would help a little bit, but not really, or being in high school and like, you know, sticking toothpaste and apple cider vinegar and just like anything that could possibly dry out and destroy my face. I just did it and nothing helped. And I remember being on proactive and I was a junior in high school and in 
junior prom, I'm in, I'm from a really small town and junior prom is like the biggest night of the year. It's such a big deal. We don't even have a senior prom. It's junior prom. You practice for it for like weeks and weeks. You learn a whole dance. The entire town comes and watches junior prom. Okay. It's like a huge deal. And I remember I was on proactive and just, I felt so insecure because my skin was so dry that I could touch it with my finger and watch dead skin fall to the ground. That's how bad it was. And I just remember being like, I like, I don't want like you like think about dry skin that bad plus acne and putting just tons of makeup over it. And it's just never a pretty sight. And it's just like, Ugh, I feel like that is what I did for so many years. I just felt so insecure. And I just, I never really talked to somebody that had gone through this and like knew what was going on. I seriously didn't even know estheticians existed. Again, I'm like from this tiny town. I don't think there was an esthetician at all here. I just never knew. So I just yeah, just went through it for years and years. Even in esthetician school too, I had, I was like the example in esthetician school, like, okay, we're going to do a chemical peel on Lissy because like she has the worst skin. And um, if you, it'd be like talking about the grades of acne, we're like, no. okay, so if you look at Lissy, it's crazy <laughs> for acne. I'm like, cool. So it's just like a, it was just it's kind humbling. of a, yeah. Oh yeah. It was just my whole life, a consistent life of acne and trying to figure it out and just making it worse because yeah. I never knew how to talk to the right people or find the right people. Right. Well, you, when you're younger going through it, you don't, you don't know that's like a thing and, and you don't know who to trust. You just like see commercials and now kids, you know, see social media and TikTok and all this stuff. Like you just don't know. So mm -hmm. for you going through esthetician school, was there like a turning point when you felt like you were finally starting to get some help with your skin? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like the first few months were rough because you're trying to find a product line. You're switching product lines all the time. You're doing facials every day. You're getting chemical peels all the time. It's just too much, you know? Um, so my skin definitely went through a rough patch. There is a video of me in esthetician school where I'm just kind of like messing around, like laughing with my friends. And my skin haunts me in that video. I'm like, I cannot believe my skin looked like that. Even while I was in school, I'm like the texture and like, it was just not good. And I'm just like, I can't believe, like sometimes I forget how bad it was, but yes, like eventually I found a routine that I really liked. I wasn't doing as many, you know, just every facial under the sun and every treatment under the sun. And I really got on like a better routine. Um, but like, I mean, I still struggle with acne. I have been still kind of just going through and finding exactly what helps me. Um, but I definitely did not leave with esthetician, leave esthetician school with perfect skin. Um, and so it's still been a struggle the last couple of years, but it's definitely like a whole different world than it was. Like I have, you know, super hormonal acne and stuff that's just really hard to control. Um, but yeah, I, I did learn a lot and it was, was finally helped in esthetician school. Good. Well, yeah, you learn so much and your skin also goes through the ringer, like you said, and it's like 
kind of like zero to a hundred. Like you're going from Mm -hmm. probably like over the counter stuff or Sephora or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're doing all these intense treatments. It's stimulating. You have a lot of hands on you. Mm -hmm. And I think something you said is important. Like you don't have to graduate SD school and be this like perfect, like your skin is, you know, 100% perfect. Like I, I went through the same thing with acne and it's still something today. I love that you talk about this more skin positivity. And I, I just want estheticians to like know that it's okay to have the same struggles. Like we're all humans and there's sometimes this pressure in the industry where people feel like you have to be perfect. Otherwise, how will your clients respect you? Yes, 100%. And that is definitely something I've been trying to change in our industry as much as possible. And I know there's a lot of people that have been doing the same thing. Um, when I was, you know, getting ready to graduate esthetician school, I had a teacher tell me like, we got to get your acne under control or you're not going to get a job. And I was just like, I'm not like, I'm not going to get a job. No one's going to hire me. No. And like, I wanted to work in a med spa really bad. And it's just like, no one's going to hire a girl with acne. That's exactly how I felt and how I was kind of told. Yeah. And I just want to change that so bad because it's true. Like estheticians struggle with acne. That's why so many of us went to esthetician school and, um, there's so many other factors to acne instead of just the right product. Um, if that were the case, I, if I, it was just the right product, I'm sure my skin would be clear all the time. Right. But yeah, it's so many factors. So it's important to, I like just keep on, I will just want to keep pushing that it's okay to be an esthetician. It's okay to have acne. And I've also had so many clients come to me and so many clients trust me and say that they came to me because of my struggles with acne, because I have experience. I know what they're going through. I have tested out so many things, so many products, so many treatments, and I know what really works. And, and yeah, I, I can relate to them and help them through that. Yes. I think, yeah, that's the flip side. It's like, you have this empathy from the experience you know what it's like to be in somebody's shoes where like you're classified as the girl with acne or you know you go to a dermatologist and they like classify you with this skin condition Mm -hmm. it's like it it just it's something that can deeply affect people's confidence and just how they um, go about their daily life when it comes to like your skin philosophy and what you find works, do you have any tips for anybody who listening who might be also struggling with acne? Something that I wish I knew a lot sooner, if this isn't like a necessarily a certain product or something, but something I wish I would have known sooner is when you have acne, drying it out is not the key. Hydration and like balance in your skin is so, so important. Um, and I also made a reel about this the other day, how like you can have acne, let's say you have like a few breakouts and you can like have really dull dry skin because you've been trying to dry it out or you can really hydrate your skin and moisturize it and make it look glowy and healthy and hydrated and have a couple of breakouts and it's going to look so much better than having a couple of breakouts and having dull dry skin um so balance is key um and a lot of times if you are drying your skin out a lot then your skin's going to try and overproduce oil which is just going to 
further cause you to break out more um, because it's trying to make up for all of the dryness. So that's like one of my favorite, favorite tips to give for someone with acne. Also, um, like getting slowly, not all at once, but just like getting on some active ingredients. I've been loving mandelic acid lately. It has been amazing for my skin, which I had never used in the past. I've been loving that. Um, also acne scarring can be such like, I have so many people that come to me and they're like, I don't have acne anymore, but I have acne scarring. So it looks like I have acne. So like wearing your sunscreen and trying to protect your skin. And I love the living cell clarifier from Glymed for acne scars and just trying to take care of your skin during those breakouts. So you can minimize the scarring as much as possible. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. And I know you're a Glymed girl too. Mm -hmm. How did you, okay. I get asked this question a lot and I'm sure you do as well, but how did you go about choosing that line or any other lines that you use? Yeah. So I am from Utah and so is Glymed. And, um, so I went to school in Provo, Utah, and that's where um, Glymed headquarters is like, I went to school like two minutes away from their headquarters. So they would come and guest speak at our school once a month. And they were our main product line in school as well. So I kind of just learned them right from the get go. Um, and had tons of education on them after graduating school. Like we seriously, once a month, they would come and speak for like a couple of hours, just teaching all their products and everything. So I felt most comfortable with them right out of the gate. And I feel like I didn't have a learning curve. I knew all the products and I loved all the products. So that's kind of how I got started. And I've just stuck with them too, because I feel like as estheticians, they have lots of amazing education. They have their region online store, which is super helpful. And they have products for like everyone and everything, I feel like. So I've just stuck with them. Okay, amazing. So I want to ask you a little bit about what you do now, because I know you wear like a million hats. I'm so thankful you even made time for this podcast, but do you want to talk about how you, you know, spend your time and, and all the things you do? Yes. So some people, sometimes I get asked like, do you even still take clients? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't but, know that. Okay. Yeah. I still take clients, but I only block out like a couple hours a day to take clients um okay the thought of like taking clients eight hours a day is doesn't like excite me that much anymore I like yeah just kind of have like my clients that are reoccurring and the people that we're working on and then if somebody comes in like wanting new like with acne or something I will never turn that person away but I um yeah I just take clients for a couple hours a day so it's not my full-time job um but I also have my t-shirts my Instagram class, and now I'm doing retreats for estheticians. So a year ago, I launched shirts for estheticians, literally not knowing if anyone would buy a shirt. And here I am a year later still doing it, and it's done great, and it's been amazing. So that's one of my main things. And yeah, my Instagram class, I started that last November, and now it's just a online, like a recorded class that you just buy the recording of. Um, And I just teach like how I've grown my Instagram. I grew it in a year from like a thousand to 10,000 followers. And I kind of just like, 
I like I make a lot of my money through Instagram and that's such a big part of my job so I just kind of teach everything you need to know about Instagram how to sell on Instagram um social media presence all of that and yeah then I have my first retreat in September which I'm so excited about oh my gosh yes I have a few friends who are going I'm so jealous but yes that's gonna be the best time and I'm so happy you're doing this because actually one of my friends SD Alex um Mm -hmm. Alex Pentecost yeah we have been talking forever about like I wish there was like a camp or like something for us to like finally meet and like, you know, just bond and stuff. And yeah, you're making it happen. So that's ah, so cool. I can't wait. I'm seriously like so excited about it. I cannot wait. And I hope oh I gosh. just get to keep doing more and more of them. We'll see how the first you one will. goes. Hopefully it's not. <laughs> Hopefully it goes well, smoothly. You know, it's going to be like anything else. It's it's a lot of people. It's probably a lot of coordinating. Like you're going to probably have your little bumps. Things happen, but it'll just get better and better every year. Yeah, hopefully. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy for you. Okay, let's, if you don't mind, circle back to your Instagram class because I know a lot of people are going to want to tune into this episode because you have so much expertise with Instagram. You said you grew your account from nothing to 10,000 in a year, which is I did one, yeah, like 1,000 to 10,000 in a year. Okay. Okay. Should we talk about maybe some strategies you had? I don't know if in your mind at the time, like they were strategies, but how, what were kind of some of the things that went into the growth? Yeah. So at the time, like you said, it was not strategy. I did not know what I was doing. You called me an expert and I'm definitely not an expert at all. There's still a million people out there that know like the nitty gritty of Instagram a lot better than I do. But I, so before, if you scroll back on my Instagram, it is <laughs> not good. It is like just brow picture, brow picture, brow picture. Like you would have no idea who I am. It's so boring. It's not fun. It's not me. It's not anything. And I'm like, why am I not growing? Why are people not obsessed with me? Like what? Like <laughs> why Like, am I not getting any followers? Whatever. And then I like And then my number one tip in life, well, not in life, in Instagram, (laughs) my number one tip, just like be yourself and be on your Instagram. That's what I changed completely and what made me grow so fast because people are not following me to see one million of the same brow pictures. People follow me now because they like me as a person. Um, And you can get like, there's tons of estheticians out there. And, you know, you could pick any esthetician to follow. We can all post facial pictures. We can all post educational stuff. And those are all, like, amazing and you should do that. Um, But nobody is you. Like, as an esthetician, I feel like we are selling, like, we kind of have to sell ourselves. Why do our clients want to come to us? They can go get a facial and they can go get a lash lift anywhere. And it's probably going to be about the same. Um... Like other estheticians could, you know, choose any esthetician to follow and to be friends with and to get more education through, but they're choosing to follow you as a person. And that's why I have grown so fast is because people know who I am and they're invested in me as a person, not just in my facials or like my business. Um, And that's why people are coming to my retreat. If I were 
if I were an account that was just posting brow pictures or lash lifts or lashes over and over and over again with they had no idea who I was. Why would anybody sign right. up to come to my retreat? I'm like, who's this girl? <laughs> like, we don't know anything <laughs> about her. Why would I trust her to host a retreat? And why would I want to hang out with her for three days? You know what I'm saying? So totally. that made all the difference in my account. Okay. One thing I notice about your page is I'm on it right now. And I notice, yeah, you post a lot of pictures of yourself. Is that something you would encourage people to do more of? Yes. So I I know I have a lot of pictures of myself on there. Um, I try and always like pair it with something important instead of I don't ever want to start yeah. posting selfies all day long. Like that's yeah. not, like I said, I want it to be like a community of people that we are like as estheticians learning from each other on my page. So that's really important to me. But yeah, I do have a lot of pictures of myself because my page is about me Um, and it's my page. And I go to people's pages all the time and you don't, you don't definitely don't need to have as many pictures as I have of yourself on there. Um, But I definitely think it's important for people when they go to your page, they need to instantly know who you are, know your name, know what you look like and know where you're from. Like that's so important. Mm. So it like you need to at least have, I think, a picture of yourself every nine pictures or something, because that's like right where that's like how many pictures you first see when you pull up Instagram and like, you know, if you scroll down a tiny bit, um, but I go to people's pages all the time and I'm like, wait, I don't know who you are. I don't know. Right, I feel like I know right. nothing about you. And I feel like you can connect to other people so much better when you know you can put a face to the name, all of that. And this might seem like a little bit shady, but <laughs> don't hate Ooh, me. here for but, the tea. <laughs> but like, so I had a lot of applicants for my retreat and I had to go through and pretty much pick who was coming, which was really hard. And there's people that I wanted to come, but sometimes I'd go to people's pages and they would not have a single picture of themselves. I would have no idea what they look like, who they are. I know nothing about them. And I am going to choose someone else to come to my retreat over that person. If I can see what they look like, I can get a sense of who they are and their personality and what they're like um some way on their Instagram so that was actually like a huge factor for me in choosing people stuff I'm like if I only see eyeballs Mm -hmm. I have no idea like what you're what you're like or who you are or anything like that so or like if I go to I go to people's pages all the time and I they don't have where they work or like where they live Mm -hmm. so I'm like Mm -hmm. do you live in Utah do you live in Canada I don't know I have no idea and it's like so frustrating you have to go through people's pictures and like see if they tagged the location or anything like that. So I just feel like making it very clear and easy who you are, where you are, what you're about, all of that is like so, so important on Instagram. Okay. And do you feel like maybe that's all stuff that should be in your Instagram bio? Do you have anything to say about the bio, any specific notes or things um, that you haven't mentioned that people should include? Yeah. So, and this is all in my Instagram class and I go over it in detail. So if there's anything I kind of miss, you can go to my Instagram class too, but, um, your name definitely. Um, I suggest first and last name right now. I think mine is just Alyssa K, but it was Alyssa Cotter, but 
there's on um Instagram on your bio you can put like the the header or like the name. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think it's like bolded. The header. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so I always suggest having your name in there and like what you do. So I think I have master esthetician next to mine because that line is actually searchable. So when someone goes to their Instagram and they search esthetician, if I just had Alyssa Cotter there, I might, well, I have aesthetics in my actual username, so it, I might still pull up. Um, but that, that line right there is searchable. So you could do like your name and lash lifts or lash artist or something like that. So when people search for that, you pull up. So I like to tell people to include their name and what they do in that line. Um, and then your Instagram bio is just kind of like your business card. You want to make it short and sweet and just try and tell people with ease so they don't have to try and figure out like what you do. Um, and then always having your location. And if you don't have time, if you don't have room to put your location in your Instagram bio, I suggest using the location. Like there's like an actual location feature. Um, so I think mine is just Richfield, Utah. So like people go on there and they can instantly see Richfield, Utah. They can even click on Richfield, Utah and see like where in the world that is. Um, so that makes it super easy. And then, yeah, just all the other stuff in your bio should just be like what your page is about and stands for and what you do. Okay. Something I think you also do really well, Alyssa, which might be confusing to some, is kind of like meshing the personal with the business. And I feel like some people are just confused because, you know, they've just gotten out of SD school. They think, you know, this should be my portfolio of my work. I just want to showcase my business. I was kind of told to keep like my personal life like out of it. What's, do you have any advice there? Yes. So it's hard. It is definitely a very fine line because I always suggest that your business page is your business page. And if you want a personal page, for like your everyday life stuff, that is a personal page and you need to have two separate ones. So I stand by that, two separate accounts, they should not be merged, but again, you want people to know who you are and have an investment in you and your life a little bit. So all of my actual posts, I would say, are aesthetics related, informational related, skin related, esthetician, community-based related. Um, mm-hmm. And my stories are a little bit more personal. So I wouldn't, I don't like post mm-hmm. pictures of me and my husband on our anniversary as a post on my Instagram. I just mm-hmm. like, I keep all of my actual posts for more business-related stuff while still being myself, like posting pictures of myself in my apparel or promoting stuff or things like that. Um, but I wouldn't be posting a picture of my child on my post, you know, <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe okay. every once in a while, but it's definitely got to sure. be like separate for the most part. Um, but I think stories you can get really, really personal. And I think that is important again. Like I, for the most part, I think I do have a story with my husband right now, but like I, for the most part, don't show my husband and my family and like, you know, stuff like that on my stories, but I do let them in on my life because now I have a lot of followers that are invested in my life and they want to see my stories because it's not just education, education, education. It's more like fun, me, what am I doing? How did I do my hair today? Like stuff like that. 
that makes sense yeah yeah (laughs) no you're perfect and I mean it's true like when it's like little kind of like nuggets of somebody's personal life it's just it makes you feel more connected like I like seeing your pictures with your husband it's just cute um so no I think that all makes sense when it comes to stories (laughs) I want to pick your brain about this because okay this is hard for me um going on stories and just like talking to the camera I'm sure you talk about this in your Instagram class and I don't know. It's just funny because like I I do other things where I'm on camera, but when it comes to stories, Alyssa, I have like a mental block and I know it's important. Um, how could I improve on that? Okay. So I do talk about this a lot in my, in my class, but talking on your stories is like number one thing Instagram tip. Oh, no. <laughs> it just, it ups your engagement so much and engagement is really important if you're trying to grow your Instagram or, you know, sell anything or do anything like that. Engagement really is important. And yeah, my number one tip is talking on your Instagram stories. I do it almost every single day and it has made a world of difference. I know some people are like really scared to do it and I understand that fear. I feel like I probably had that fear and seemed really awkward at first too, but now it's like so normal to me that I don't even think twice about it. Like I can make an Instagram story in front of other people and like I used to never be able to do that. That's a skill. (laughs) Yes. Now I'm just like, okay, it's so normal. Everyone knows I do this, whatever. But um, this is like the lamest advice ever, but like just doing it and practicing. The more you do it, the easier it's going to get. You just have to start. And also I suggest just talking to your phone like you were talking to a friend, like it's so normal and trying not to be perfect, trying not to say the perfect thing. Don't be like robotic, like just talk. And if you mess up, just keep going. Like I never, almost never redo an Instagram story. I will just like, I just stumbled all over my words and then just keep going. And I have, so in my Instagram class, I gave everyone the challenge of doing this. And I had one girl and she like set up her camera kind of far away and was like sitting down in a chair and was so proper and was speaking so perfectly and was saying all Mm -hmm. the perfect things and whatever. And I'm like, boring, like everyone is going to skip through that, you know? And I had to tell her like, you have got to be more yourself. Like, I know that's not you like that's that's not a personality at all and people want to see you and your personality people want to see you mess up people want to see you be excited and energetic and not just like I'm going to sit here and say the perfect thing and do the perfect thing and never mess up and look perfect and that is just like not what anybody wants everyone just wants you to talk they want to act they want to feel like they're facetiming you or they're talking to you or you're talking to them and yeah. they don't they don't care what you sound like or what you look like or how much you're messing up with your words. <sighs> okay. okay. <laughs> Try to take this to heart. Maybe it's hard for estheticians because we're so like, you know, aesthetics related. We we like are used to things being like perfect visually, like that's our job. So, maybe it's a little counterintuitive to just like be human on camera. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, but the 
like your followers will love it and so many more people will start responding to your stories and caring about what's going on in your stories and engaging with you and I promise like the more you do it you just have to practice you just have to keep doing it until it becomes not hard anymore and it will be hard at first but it'll be worth it okay I'm gonna try (laughs) you got it (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna try um okay how about engagement when it comes to just like Instagram posts, do you think there's certain things we should be thinking about when we're making our posts? Um, yes. So when you're making your posts, you always want it to be, ed- oh, crap, I have the three words and now I can't think of them. You want it to be like okay. educational or like fun, friendly. Uh-huh. You want it to like serve them in some way kind of okay there's too many times I know you're entertaining educational things like that yes oh my gosh I will think of the three emotions yes there's like oh, you want to be oh you want to be I know what you're a saying. friend a teacher or a something and I can't remember what it is but you know what I'm saying you get the gist yeah but um so many times like imagine you go onto someone's Instagram and you go to their page and you just see the same picture over and over and over again that looks, you know, almost yeah. identical. Like me with my eyebrows where I just did the same thing. No one's, that's not going to catch anybody's eye. That's not going to excite anybody. And that's just so repetitive. So when somebody's following you and you're doing kind of the same thing over and over and over again, it kind of becomes white noise where it's just the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. They kind of stop listening. Um, so you want to switch it up and make it different as much as possible. I mean, it's not like you have to come up with a new thing every single day, nothing like that, but just not the same thing every single day. Um, so trying to bring some sort of, um, oh, what's the word? Some, what is the word? Crap. I swear I just said it. Like, no, I know what you're saying. Like a va- some sort of value. Some, some, yes, yes. Some sort of value um, is what you want to bring in some way. So if it's like, hey, let's all learn from each other in the comments. What is your favorite cleanser at the moment? Or like I did a post yesterday, what is everyone's favorite jelly mask? Because I need to order new jelly masks. So um, always asking a question or something that people can engage with. Because it's if your caption's just like, browse what is anyone going to comment um so you want to make it so they have an opportunity to engage by asking a question or something like that um and yeah kind of just changing it up as well okay and something I think you mentioned gosh I'm so creepy I think it was on a live or something but you talked about how creating your your merch or your apparel was kind of like this shareable thing that allowed your content to grow. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Shareable content is super, super important as well. Um, so that's a big thing with engagement. Sometimes, well, most pretty much always, my best posts that have the most engagement or the most shares or something is posts that are just so simple like I did one that says the sun causes and then you swipe and it says all the things that the sun causes and that has 409 shares 88 saves 
36 comments, almost 800 likes. And it's like, well, that was the easiest post. That wasn't anything extravagant. It's just writing on a pink background. And those posts always do best for me because it's just shareable content. Everyone's going to share that on their Instagram story. Same thing. I did a pink background, red lighting, dry skin is aging skin. That's the whole, what the picture is. And that's what it says. And it has 162 shares and I mean, sorry, 304 shares and 162 saves. So stuff like that is super shareable. A picture of me is not that shareable. Um, people do like to see your face. And when you do post pictures of yourself, it is engaging because people do usually comment on pictures yeah. of yourself, but they're not going to share it. And that's how you're going to get more people to find your page is through shareable content. Um, so, so you can just do something as simple as just making an educational post that's really simple and catching. Okay. And yeah, sorry, like you said, my apparel was super shareable. That made me grow so much. But that's obviously not something that like everyone's just going to go out and create a whole new brand, you know, that's super shareable. But some, it could be something as big as that or something as simple as, you know, a post that has three words on it. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, you know, whatever it may be for anyone listening, like something unique or memorable. Like I feel like, Alyssa, you were one of the first people I saw do like t-shirts and things like that. So it just resonated. And like even your your branding on your post and your branding on your merch, like it just kind of created this aesthetic and something memorable. And then it's like, you go to your page, there's so much value there. You're entertaining. You make everybody feel like a friend. So it's just, it's very welcoming. Um, and it just like highlights your personality. So I feel like even like your products kind of highlighted your personality. So altogether, it was just like, it's, you're such a great follow because somebody gets so much value out of it, but it might be, you know, totally something totally different for somebody else. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was very nice of you. Um, But yeah, Yeah. creating or like paving the way for something in some way is a really great way to grow as well. So for me, it was definitely my shirts at the beginning. And then I've been trying to be a leader by um, doing skin positivity and promoting that acne is okay when you're an esthetician and also like trying to build that community as well and make my whole page a community. So anything that you can do that's kind of paving the way or being a leader in some way is important too. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell us more about your retreat, which is also obviously very community focused? Like how did you get the idea to do that? And what is kind of the mission behind it? Even if it's just like having fun, like a break from work (laughs) and we all get to, you know, hang out. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I went to a retreat for just business in general. It was not for estheticians. It was called Susie School. It was just a bunch of business women um, that own different businesses. We all, we had to apply, get in, all of that stuff. I traveled to Colorado and I got there and it was just like one of the best experiences of my life. It was just so much fun to be with all of those other women and learn from each other that I had never met. And like, we learned so much from um, the people that were teaching the retreat, obviously, but also just like sitting down at lunch and just having all like a common thing with each other, which is our business. 
we could just talk about business or whatever the whole time. And I learned so much just from the other girls that went that weren't even the teachers. And I also just love that environment of just being with like a group of girls and having fun and I don't know. So I just left there like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And while I was there, I was like, I want to do this. Like I want to feel like this over and over and over again, because this feeling is just like incredible to me. Um, and so I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And I kind of made a plan while I was there. And I'm like, this is what I want to focus on while I'm here. Um, and so I had this idea I knew what I wanted to do. I came back from Susie's school and I'm like, okay, I found an Airbnb that I want to do it at. This is the whole vibe that I want it to be. I want it to be, you know, a pool in the backyard. We're all staying at the same place. We have catered food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I knew exactly, like I have this perfect vision in my head what I want it to be. So I contact caterers. I booked an Airbnb. I did all of this stuff, but I like was so terrified to tell my followers about it. I had everything planned to a T, the dates, everything before I told anyone. And I so then I just kept putting it off and putting it off because I was so scared. And then I get on my Instagram story and I'm just like, okay, so um I have no idea how I'm gonna tell you guys this, and I'm probably just gonna like word vomit for five minutes. But um, hi, I want to do a retreat, and I'm gonna open up applications, and I want you guys to come. It's gonna be in September, and this is what it's gonna be about. And I had so much better response than I thought I was going to, and it was like, oh, such a relief. Um. So I opened up the applications, I accepted the girls, yada, yada, yada. Now we're here and it is in September and it is like hopefully going to be everything that I've been envisioning this whole time. We have a big Airbnb that fits tons of people. It's going to be in St. George in September. So it's going to be great weather. Um, there's a big pool in the back backyard and a huge room that like is just a huge giant couch where tons of people can sit and I have amazing esthetician guest speakers that are coming to teach different things um I have caterers breakfast lunch and dinner and I just have like all these ideas I want it to be super super fun but also educational I have I just I also know with 25 estheticians in a room we are going to learn so much from each other so I even have time set aside to like um do anonymous q a so everyone can just ask any questions they want so no one feels stupid or anything and we just have like open discussions where we just learn from each other about anything aesthetics or business related or anything like that and then yeah, yeah. the guest speakers and sleepovers and face masks <gasps> and i cannot wait <laughs> Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Okay, so why do you think you were nervous to share? Because this sounds like a dream. I was nervous because I was scared nobody would like want to pay to come to this because I want to make it okay. amazing. So I, you know, obviously I have to pay for the Airbnb and people have to fly in if they're coming from out of state. And I was just like, what if I do this and nobody signs up and I'm going to look really mm -hmm. stupid. Um, and that's what I was so nervous about, but it, it was really good. So next time I won't put off my thing for too long because <laughs> I, it, it really was so much better than I expected. But yeah, I was just nervous. I was just really nervous about looking stupid. 
even though yeah. I could have just, you know, it would have been fine. Probably no one would have cared except me, but <laughs> that was my big fear, I guess. Well, it's, yeah, no, it's so funny that we all have like our own ideas of how people are going to perceive us when it's like the person on the other end is literally just like excited to hear that news. So Uh I'm really glad that you just like trusted that it would work out and it did. Like it's, it's about, I think sometimes like doing things that are different and a little bit uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. maybe something you've never done before, but it's going to pay off. And I'm sure this is going to be like so memorable for so many people and probably something that like they remember forever. Yeah, I hope so. That's exactly how I want it to be for everyone. I want everyone to leave feeling like refreshed and excited about their business and their career and leave with like new friends and new ideas and just feeling like so excited about what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And and what a year to do it because I feel like our industry is already, you know, pretty isolating at times. Like we have social media, but we can be in our treatment rooms, like just Mm -hmm. by ourselves. And then with COVID, like so many of us have kind of like lost touch with basic social skills and just like hanging out with people. So this is going to be, I think, just an amazing year to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, as a solo esthetician, it can be lonely. Like you have your clients, but I don't, know of another esthetician in my town like I said I'm in a small town I don't even know of another esthetician in my town like I don't have anyone to kind of lean on except on Instagram which has been such a blessing Um, but I really do think it's important to just like meet those people and like I I kind of I talk about us estheticians as like co-workers like on Instagram we are each other's co-workers we want to help each other and lift each other up and teach each other and I hate the mindset of like hiding your stuff from other mm-hmm. estheticians because you don't want them to do mm-hmm. the same thing as you it's like even if you're across the country it's like no we are we only have each other to like lean on in this industry and a lot of us don't have co-workers we're just solo estheticians yeah. um so that's like why I want to create the community that I that I do and I hope I can just keep doing more and more treats in the future you will. Yeah. And hopefully I will be there. Please. But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to next year. I'm so applying. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled on your stories or wherever you post. Um, yes. But no, I think that's amazing, Alyssa. And it's like, I think we say that a lot. Like we want there to be more openness in the community, but like it, it really is so true. And it's hard because on one hand, it's like there can be so much that we learn from social media, but it can also just open up so much comparison. I think especially when you're new, it can be really overwhelming because you're like looking at somebody else's suite. You're seeing all these crazy results from their clients. You feel like everybody else, I mean, I feel this way sometimes, like everybody else has you know, something better, like better quality photos or equipment, or, you know, they just like have it all together. So it's just like, it's kind of a double-edged sword with social media. And I don't know of any other industry that's like so insular where you're seeing like your, you know, your peers 
on a, on a platform every day. Like you see what they're doing every day. So, I mean, it's, it's normal to get like a little bit jealous, but I think it's important to have that openness because I don't want like those feelings of jealousy to breed negativity or comparison with ourselves. Like it's natural and it's normal, but but I want us to channel it into more positivity and maybe like, instead of being jealous of somebody, like ask, like open the door, like to maybe have a friendship. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. 100%. I know exactly what you're saying. I get the comparison. Like I still compare myself to other estheticians all the time. It's definitely a struggle of mine. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I remember when I first started out, like I was still, you know, you only learn so much in school and sometimes, yeah, you see other people doing these things. You're like, Oh, what is that? I remember messaging somebody being like, Oh, what product is that that you're using? And just completely ignored. I'm like, but why, like, why can't I, use that product too if you're in Texas and I'm in Utah like what is that how is that going to hurt you to help me you know what I'm saying and so I try to make a point of answering every DM answering every question helping each other I always try and make my like not always but I a lot of times try and make my comments just like full of I sometimes do like a and a in my comments where I have people Mm -hmm. just ask any question and anybody can answer so you just go in there and everyone's just helping each other like that's what I want to do because yeah the feeling of like oh you're too good to answer my question and you're just gonna keep to yourself what is that doing for anybody so yeah that's what I want to get away from for sure yeah and I think it's it's hard also with social media because we see like the numbers and just like you're saying like sometimes we equate like somebody's following to just like maybe being better than us or like creating this hierarchy mm-hmm. that's not not real no it is not real i i talk about that in my class too where followers can mean nothing followers is not a measure of how successful you are doesn't not a measure of how much money you make it's not a measure of how many people actually watch your stories or engage with you it followers truly is like it's such like a thing where we look at we look at um followers and we're like oh my gosh she has this many more followers and da 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 but i'm telling you it means close to nothing like the you can have a hundred thousand followers and make one thousand dollars a year. You can have one thousand followers and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. It doesn't measure anything like that. Um, you can have one hundred thousand followers and get one comment, or you could have a thousand followers and get one hundred comments. It really has nothing to do with how many followers you have. And I always tell people engagement is a thousand times more important than followers. And I have had a lot of situations where I've been, I've compared myself to people that have way more followers than me. And then I've been put in a situation with them where I've gone like, oh, I actually do a lot more than this person. And it's not about followers. I've been comparing myself to you for years and I I can't like, I don't, I don't even want to give specifics because I don't want to sound rude or anything, but it's just like, 
oh, it had nothing to do with my followers. Like, oh, I have way more engagement. I sold way more of this. And I've been like wasting my time comparing myself to you, you know? Um, And so I just want to make sure everyone realizes like build the community with the followers that you do have. Um, Get to know them, have, and like the followers, the organic followers will grow um, because those are the people that you want. And just, yeah, focus on the followers that you do have instead of just like, let me just get as many followers as I can as fast as I can, because those typically aren't even the followers that you want. No, no. And it could actually be kind of harmful for your algorithm just to have people who are there, but not like interacting with you. We know that social media, it can kind of, it just doesn't tell the whole story. But when it comes to like growing social media and growing your page, why do you think that is valuable for an esthetician? Why should they, you know, focus their time on something like Instagram? So I think it just kind of depends on which way you want to go with Instagram. I know a lot of estheticians will get a lot of clients through Instagram, which can be super, super helpful for me. The more esthetician followers I have, the more shirts I sell, the more, um, Instagram Mm -hmm. classes I sell. So it is super valuable. Mm -hmm. The more followers I have, um, the more brands want to work with me or the more I get sent free product and stuff like that. Um, but when it comes to brands and stuff like that, most people are going to look at your engagement over your follower um, count. Mm. So, um, but it does open up opportunities. I definitely like more followers is always, always welcome. You just want to make sure you're growing in the right way. And that is by, you know, being totally yourself, having people follow you for you, creating shareable content, stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. 100%. And before I wrap up here, I want to ask you a little bit about like the influencer space you're talking about, because it is kind of new for estheticians. Like I think it's really like blown up in the past couple years. How is like navigating that for you when it comes to brand deals versus like other things you do? How do you kind of decide like something is worth your energy or worth promoting to your audience? Honestly, I do not do a lot of influencing at all. I get reached out to quite a bit, um, but I only promote something that I'm obsessed with. And that's really what it comes down to because I want to, I want my followers to continue to trust me. If I just started, you know, promoting every free product someone would send me, would send me, I would, my house would be full of products that I don't like and I don't use and it would be cluttered and my followers would be like, cool. Like, (laughs) this product that you've never mentioned all of a sudden you're like I'm obsessed with this you need to buy it like right right really gotta make sure if your followers don't know like and trust you you like that is the key to Instagram know like and trust if they don't trust you they're not gonna buy anything from you and you don't want them to not buy anything from you like for me I do sell stuff on Instagram like products, Glymed, my shirts, my Instagram class, if they don't trust me, they're not buying anything. So I have to be, you have to be really picky on what you're actually promoting on Instagram. Um, And I just always make sure it's something that I try out. I have a lot of people that'll reach out to me and be like, "Um, can you promote this product for us? If we send it to you, we want you to post one thing on Instagram. I'm like, 
well, I'm definitely not going to commit to that because I have not tried it. <laughs> I have no, no idea if I'm going to like it. Um, yeah. So that's a huge thing too. I usually say no to almost everybody that asks if they can send me free product for a post. Usually I like to work with brands that are a little bit bigger, like Clean Skin Club or something like that, where I'm like, okay, I know mm-hmm. this company is legit um, and they're going to send me free products and they're not going to hunt me down to post because I never committed mm-hmm. to them that I'm going to post. So I'm just kind of watching out for like red flags like that and just making sure you are only promoting things that you truly love and truly use. So I really don't promote that much stuff on my Instagram if I'm being honest, but the things that I do promote, I truly believe in. Yeah, I'm so glad we talked about that because I see it just becoming, I think it's going to be more and more of a thing to our credit as estheticians. I think brands are getting smarter. They realize, why would I just have a normal like blogger promote something beauty related when I could have a professional with like authority promote it? So I think it's just good to be aware of, especially for those who are newer in the industry, because it is flattering and it's, it's cool when like a brand's like, I'm going to send you free product. Like Mm -hmm. sounds awesome. But I think, yeah, exactly what you said. We just have to weigh that with like, whether it feels authentic to us. And also if you do have business goals or products in mind and you're selling something like directly from you you have to realize if people are constantly feeling sold to, they just kind of start to duck. So make sure what you're selling is, is something you would actually get behind and talk about anyway. Yeah, for sure. And you don't want to also be an esthetician that's like only use professional products, pharmaceutical grade products, and then turn around and Neutrogena has now emailed you and they're like, we want to da 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 da. It's like, oh, well, that's kind of cool that Neutrogena reached out to me. Right. So I'm going to do it. You don't, you don't, you want to like practice what you preach. Or there's times where brands have reached out to me like, um, we want you to promote, let's, let's take skin, uh, clean skin club, for example. If I'm sitting here promoting um, professional grade products, I have Glymed, I like, I make, you know, a lot more commission wise off Glymed, all of that. If they come to me and they, and this is a made up scenario, just so you know, but if they come to me and they're like, we want you to promote this vitamin C serum, um, will you do it? I would probably turn around and say, I would be more comfortable promoting your towels or mm-hmm. like something that's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't knocked on in competition <laughs> yeah right yeah for sure something that's not in competition something that I haven't like something that's not complete opposite of what I've been preaching to my followers yeah so try and like if you do want an opportunity with that person work with them and give them another offer and say would you be able to do this instead? Would you, would it be okay if I promoted your towels or your water bottle or something instead that works with my brand a little bit better? Yes. Yeah. I think that's such good advice for people to feel empowered to make those suggestions. It'll happen to me too. Like I'm very big on like specifically mineral makeup and professional products. So if an over-the-counter brand reaches out or like a more conventional beauty line reaches out, I know my followers know that I only like recommend certain types of makeup and certain types of skincare. So I'll mm-hmm. say, you know, could I t- could I try 
a lip product or a mascara, something, you know, that would be more true to me. So I think just, you know, keeping in mind that your followers know you and it's just not worth it to like take, you know, a a smaller deal like that if it kind of sets an alarm off for somebody like, oh, that's not Tess. Like that's not Mm -hmm. what she has recommended before. Yeah, that's seriously the exact reason I turn down almost every single email that I get. It's just like, it's not worth it. Especially when it's just like a free product that I'm probably never going to use again, you know? Like, I have the products that I like. I don't need, like, I feel like probably when I first became an esthetician, it's like, oh, free product packages coming to me all the time. But it's like, now I get those and I never touch the product. So it's like, no, I I got to just, you just got to turn it down sometimes. Even though it seems cool like that someone reached out to you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it is cool. And you should pat yourself on the back. Like they found you. That's yes. awesome. But just know that if if those little deals are starting to pop up, there's better ones coming your way. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to hold out for that. Yeah. Wait for that big, that big company and the that big, big deal. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Alyssa, before I let you go, do you have any last piece of advice for estheticians or anything we didn't talk about that you would like to speak on? Um, I don't know if there's anything we didn't talk about, but I will just challenge everyone to post pictures of themselves on their Instagram, to talk and speak on their Instagram story, and try to just like really be themselves on their Instagram and let their followers get to know them. That's my number one tip. (laughs) Thank you, Alyssa. Well, it's obviously worked out for you. So thank you so much for sharing your advice and expertise. Where can we find you on social media, on Instagram, or if we're interested in learning more about your services or products? Yes, of course. So pretty much my hub for everything is my Instagram. It's at Alyssa K underscore aesthetics um, or so like everything's linked there on my Instagram. But if you want, you can go to my website, Um, My apparel opens every other week. I just do launches and that is alyssakapparel.com. And that's like my main business stuff. If Let's see. I have a podcast also with my sister. It's yes. not aesthetics related at all, <laughs> but it's just like girly, chatty, funny, random podcast. It's called Note to Sis. Um, and you can listen to that if you like podcasts. And that's pretty much it. I think you're amazing. I'm so glad you're in this industry. I feel like you're just like a shining light for all of us. And I'm so glad we're connected. Please come back anytime. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You are so sweet and I will come back anytime. So thank you so much for having me. Okay, good. You're so welcome. Thank you so much, Alyssa. And thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you in the next episode.